You are listening to Unapologetic Talk, brought to you by We The People. Out of your home, into the streets. We are not outnumbered. We are out-organized. The revolution is more than protesting. Unapologetic Talk is another tool to create community here in New York City and eventually all over the world. Stop ignoring politics. Politics affects every single aspect of your life. No matter what we do in the city, they have a coordinated effort, and it's the same fingerprints in the same name. Don't be scared to decolonize your mind. Changing opinions based on new information is how things should work. Bringing some common sense with a little New York disrespect. Leroy Adams, let's talk. We the people, for the people, by the people. Yo, it's Rally Rebel. And it's Dimes Cartier, and welcome to Unapologetic Talks. Talk. That's me, that's me, I'm Rally Rebel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm Dimes Cartier. Yeah, so. <laughs> talk, talk Yeah, well, yo, um... Yeah, today, before we get into, like, our current events and everything like that, I wanted to um, give y'all a little history lesson on something that we, um, this is my first time hearing about it, I think, a couple of days ago, just uh, watching YouTube, and uh, just watching certain things on YouTube, and I've seen, um, it's called the uh, Devil's Punch Bowl, and it was in uh, Nats, Nat, Natchez, 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 Mississippi, Natchez, Mississippi. You got to hear them country people say it. We had Natchez, Mississippi. And uh, it was, um, you know, after the Civil War, after the Civil War happened, um, you know, the free slaves and everything, uh, the, you know, being free and then the fluctuation of them being, um, you know, being able to go into other towns and everything like that. Um, it was a, the town, you know, Nat, Nat, Natchez, it, it had, uh, I think it had up to like 10K, 10K free um, black people in there. You know what I mean? And, you know, they were going through all the shit they were going through, um, the oppression and the shit. Y'all you, you already know um, how they were, you know, and all rights and everything back then. But um, it went it went past that to, you know, um, they said overnight it was an influxion of, of, of people. Um, to where it got up, you know, to the numbers rose up to like a hundred, hundred and a uh, hundred, hundred, yeah, hundred twenty thousand, and um, you know, it, they they outnumbered the white people there in that town, you know what I mean? And um, you know, the Union soldiers, uh, they put them, they put them in uh concentration camps, you know, and then when we when we say concentration camps, we just you know, automatically think about, you know, the Holocaust and just think that Jewish people, you know, went through that. But um, um, these free people went through, you know, concentration camps where um, this place is, is, a, is a pit. Like when you actually look at it, it's a, it's a big circle. It's like in a valley, you know, and it's a, um, steep, steep hills, you know, surrounded by trees. Um, and, they, and they brought these people there and what they do, they would take the man out there, you know, do the work. And the women and children, they would sit there and they would uh, sit there to starve, you know, and they would they would die and catch diseases and everything like that. And um, one of the diseases was like smallpox. And y'all know that, you know, it bubbles up your skin, scars your skin and everything like that. Um, they, um, you know, they spread fast, you know, and the people um, when when people died, they were told to bury them right there in that spot. You know, what I mean, Um they weren't allowed to take them out of there, you know what I mean? So, you know, you gotta you gotta think these people are they're starving, they're, people are dying, they're catching diseases and all this type of stuff. And these are free people. These are people, these are people 
that um they started going through this and they were begging and dying to get back on the plantations. They'd rather go back and be a slave mm -hmm. than to go, you know what I mean, be free and, and have to go through this. And um uh it's is is wiped out. It's wiped out. We hear about Black Wall Street, but this is something that that you know what I mean. And I guess it's because of the time period, and and it, it's wiped out, bro. It's wiped out to the point that that if you do do some searching on it, the, the white people will tell you that it was over. Um, that they'll try to tell you it was like over just a little bit of a thousand people that died there. But the the number show was over like you know what I mean. In, in one year, it was over twenty thousand people that died there in one year. And uh, like I said, the numbers. The numbers from it being, you know, a hundred thousand, it, it dwindled back down to the regular numbers within the five year span, and that's where those people, you know, what I mean, those that's where those people, and it was, it was, uh, I'm pretty sure, like this is this is the first one I heard of. I'm pretty sure it was plenty of those, you know, what I mean, and and yeah, they wiped them out, you know, what I mean, because these were these were also union union soldiers that was that, that had this in play. Um, it's uh. Like to this day, right now, I, I just watched the news clipping on it this morning. You know what I mean? To just try to get my facts right, and uh, the news clipping had a black dude on it. It was like a two two minute 30, 30 second clip because it's a modern day shit. I think the, the clip was like two years old, and I just wanted to see what this dude because he was on the news, and I just wanted to see if they was talking about it. And it said Mississippi, and it says Natchez, the Devil's Punch Bowl, and it's a black dude. And he introduced, and I'm like, oh shit, here you go, right? But they don't say that, right? He says the devil punch blow, and then they they pass it over to this white reporter, and the white reporter goes in to it's rumored to have some evil things happen here, and then when they get into the evil things, he's talking about pirates digging treasures. He says two plane crashes that crashed over there. That's the only thing he says. He says nothing about that that concentration camp and all the people that died there, and the people in that area. Um, to this day, they uh, it's still it's still it's still a still a, a two I think it's two hundred two hundred foot fall you know what I mean in that pit and it's it's a, it's, a, it's it's wide it, it, it's um it's a big area you know what I mean it was camps down there um, but it was it was hard for the slaves to escape because you know with rain and stuff and the, and the, and the ditches are already to you know what I mean two hundred and, and then they had trees at the at the top of it um so it was it was hard for them to escape and that was like the perfect place for them to do this concentration camp in in the middle of like you know what I mean in the valley or somewhere and it was close to the um Mississippi River but um right now to this day it's uh the people they 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 know. You know what I mean? What happens there? They they say they got wild peaches that grow, and they show pictures of them with different colored peaches, purple peaches, all types of stuff. But people don't mess with that fruit because they know that that fruit was fertilized off. You know what I mean? Those those dead those dead free people, those dead free black people. They know what that ground was fertilized off of. They also um, it's a uh, it was what the fuck. He said what the fuck. That shit, yeah, shit, shit, shit no. is, is, is crazy, but, um. And to think about, like, yeah. how this massacre from so long ago still relates to um, modern day black people being at a deficit, like, and mm. people proclaiming black people as people who victimize themselves and play the coward role when really like systematically and economically and agriculturally will be at a deficit. Like 
like you said, it's called the devil's punch bowl for a reason. This is like a circular um, valley stream type area with like big hills bordering it. And it um, it's, it's kind of like scary looking, you know, when you look at the pictures and videos. And then you could see how like this would even give you a... Um, uh, what's that word? What's that word? When you're like scared of like small spaces, entrapment, a claustrophobic, claustrophobic yeah. like very like entrapment, like yeah. mindset, you know, and um, like for them to be stuck on these camps, you know, we're not trying to um, compare the Holocaust to these concentration camps, but any type of hatred spread area, you know, that focuses on dehumanizing and belittling people and giving them, you know, scarce resources, which is like no food. So they're in a food desert, which we have now, you know, in black communities and brown communities. And um, just being in like far off places, like, you know, areas of Queens or Brooklyn and the Bronx, you know, it's hard to get to. So they're more so stuck around like heavy traffic and, um, less resources for their schools and uh, just for the grocery stores. You know, they're not around many local farms. It's just, it's just like, if we really reflected off the past and seen the mistakes that they made toward um, the hatred of, like, people, we wouldn't have to have so many humanitarian issues that we're facing now. It, um... To, the, to this day, they was. That's, it's, uh, and they're not teaching it. They're not teaching yeah, it in schools know. either. Like, yeah, they don't know. About it. And they're, they're only teaching by Wall, Wall Street. But this, this is like stuff that we, you know, what I mean, um, every time, uh, <laughs> turn up, turn up. No, but look, anytime, um, um, Black History Month comes around, you know, the school sy systems teach the same, you know, uh, shit. This is about, you know, um, slavery. They don't really go into. It. You know, um, hey, Blue. Blue, come, come, come here. here. This is an abolition house. We don't play. You know what I mean? People at the door, we got to check. Come here, Blue. Come baby. Um, yeah, so it's, um, <laughs> we got him worked up. Yo, it's, it's, uh, yeah, they don't teach. They, they always teach about, um, slavery and it's always the same thing. They start like the beginning of slavery and by the time they finish it. You know what I mean? Uh, get into like a denture service or some shit. Like Black History Month is over, and then we move back on to uh, the regular history and shit about the American Revolution and shit. But um, we uh, these these are stories that we 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 need to uh learn about it, and because um, this uh it, it was like at that time it was like four million slaves in the South, and it was places like these that made the people leave the South and come up and, and go to New York and go to, you know what I mean? Uh, Chicago and stuff. These are why these cities are influctuated with black people now and start running away trying to get from places like that. And they said to this day that when it rains, um, bodies still wash up. Bodies still wash up to this day. Uh, you know what I mean? Wash up from, from um, you know what I mean? Free black people that died back then. Mm -hmm. And this is in the, um, this is between, um, 1865, I think to like 1870, um, as far as the numbers dropped and like that, and people like, uh, I guess before they finished, they like got rid of it, but this is something that we don't hear about. But uh, now let's, let's get into some current events. 
Yeah, so as what? of recently, what? um, what? Yeah. Come here, cat. That's right, he's a dog, but I call him cat. Come here, come here, Anyways, y'all, so back to some current events. As of recently, in New York, um, we've seen one of our students be discriminated overseas be physically and emotionally disrespected and left in a really distraught state. Her name, if you don't know, is Elizabeth Polanco Los Santos, de Los Santos. Um, she's a 20-year-old young woman, like I said, a New York City student, and she was traveling abroad, I believe, with some friends, and she was trying to come home, but on her way back, um, she had like a mid-flight, um, stop in Dubai and she decided to take this opportunity to go adventure you know and explore for about six hours between her next flights and during this stop on her way back into the airport she's going through airport security and she gets stopped and searched and this young woman she just came from surgery as of recently, so she, as of recent time of the events, and she had this medical garment on, and, you know, medical instruments should not be tampered with, no matter what airport security you're at, but, you know, they took this upon themselves to physically disrespect her and forcefully remove these garments, um, and a form of discrimination, you know, and a form of, like, harassment and embarrassment the people working there were laughing at her and um taunting her as she was crying for her friend's help to get the garment back on and during that discrepancy she uh, uh quote-unquote nudges one of the security guards after they had physically disrespected her out the way to get her friend's help to call for a friend and after that the um airport security makes a scene they go outside, start filing a report against Elizabeth, and she's required to sign some papers, you know, she's held against her will, like, after this entire incident, this traumatic incident. And then she's just, I don't know, like, just after being forced, you know, to strip, you know, after a medical procedure, like, that must be so embarrassing alone in a foreign country that she's never been before, that she's traveling with her friends, she's seeking to the security guards, you know, for help and shit. They're not doing that. They're abusing their authority, as we see multiple times, you know. And she's required to sign these documents um, with unknowing charges, like assault charges, placed um, against her by that security guard. And she's held there. She's held there for um, a couple months. She's This case happened in July. You know, we're just hearing about updates about her being released in October and of 2023. And that's disgusting. She she has, like, she's $50,000 in debt now, I believe, I heard, like, because of all the lawyer cases and traumatic, like, bills and fees and stuff that she has to pay now, um, fighting this case in a different country. 
But recently, I just heard um, updates. I looked this morning on the news and stuff. And she was released. She's released back to her family. And she's coming back into the country. But it's just disheartening, you know? We've seen cases like this with um, Brittany Grinner, you know, in Russia over bullshit charges. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know when people are going to get. People deserve a right to be free, to have the liberty to explore. And, you know, a lot of people are saying she should do her research and shit like, before she goes somewhere. But I feel like she's 21. You know, she's a student. Like, she's trying. Now she's in debt, and she was missing her classes and courses. She's missing her family. She's missing her friends here. And uh, now she has to, like, now her name is out there, and she has to, like, deal with all this backlash of what she could have and should have did. But really, like, not only the U.S. should protect her because, you know, free country justice system. Like, why was nobody fighting for her? Why was Joe Biden bitch ass not doing nothing to make sure the youth here are safe? No, fuck that. Where was Beyonce at? Where's these celebrities? Bro. Yeah, no, these skip high, that. Beyonce, you got, you got some kind of something over there. You, you know, know? <laughs> they're, they're, they're with the some fucking kind of government and shit. Y'all Make a phone call. Shit. Diddy, come on, key to the city. Like, what's going on? Why are no, you not applying stop, pressure? Stop going to these places and spending money, bro. Stop going to, they don't give a fuck about that. Totally. That girl, they violated that girl um, after just having surgery, and she touched somebody's arm and got to stay over there. They, they were sentencing her for a year. We didn't let her come the fuck home. And I'm glad she yeah. is coming home, and it wasn't a situation, but... Um, a year sentence, they want to somehow drop out of nowhere. And, and she... News attention now on it. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't visiting. I guess. I mean, she was just stopping through there. That's that's crazy, bro. That did just be stopping through there. And Dubai is, is expensive as fuck. They making her pay for the hotel rooms and everything. They're while trying she's, to extort you know what her. I mean? Why they keeping her there? They making her pay for the shit while she's mm-hmm. there. So it, that's that's uh, man, stop going to them places, bro. Stop going to them places. <laughs> you know what I mean? Talk heavy, and that brings up a whole other point because, like, at the same time, people try to live lavish and shit, like and try to um, express these ideals of places like that they don't really know about. Like places like um, Russia, places like Dubai, they're really fucking racist. Like they're racist, they're homophobic. Um, like you said, they're very they're very expensive, so they try to extort foreigners and stuff. And even New York City tries to extort the foreigners and like allows a whole bunch of gentrification and shit to come in and raise local prices but it's like it's it's all for money it's all a money game it's like money over people property over people and we just gotta start like changing that mindset so we can protect our people our community all right the other thing in the news is that motherfucking subway nigga got locked up last night so Gabby, um but no he didn't get locked up last night but he got sentenced not last night but sentenced yesterday um Shit, ten life sentences, but uh, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, basically, he's not getting out of jail. But um, this 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 is uh, y'all y'all this shit happened. Y'all remember when this shit? I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. But when this shit happened, right? This was right after like Eric Adams had put all them fucking subway cops and and put more subway cops in in in, in the train stations, right? Talk. And they also use this to put more subway cops in the train station. Talk. But um, this situation, 
they had all them cops. It was if y'all don't know, it was it was cops in that station. Do y'all remember that shit? Mm -hmm. This dude was sixty two years old at the time. I got sixty four, sixty five now. Cops whatever. And there was cameras. Yeah, sixty. Something yo, didn't even work. No, but look, six. Look, sixty two years old. They let this man run up a flight of stairs and catch another train and get up out of there. When the shit was going off, one of the cops talking about they phone. These niggas is always on their phone. They always on their phone. So you got all these cops in this station, and all of a sudden their phones don't work, their walkie-talkies don't work, where they can't get down there and stop. Work phones, personal phones, a walkie-talkie, and your partners, nothing, nothing works. What are these resources being like allocated to? Yeah, they um, they would you um, let let dude get away just to take him back for ten life sentences. They um, yeah, ten life, ten life sentences, but um. Well, didn't kill anybody. This is this is like, and I, at the time when I first heard, because when when this dude shot shot them people up, he didn't, you know what I mean? He didn't he didn't kill nobody. Not that I'm wishing death for anybody, but I, I always thought it was like uh, propaganda for like all this shit that they're doing now type shit. But you know, um, man, I don't, I don't want to. That's my little conspiracy. Like I said, don't get wrapped up to my shit. This is the shit I be thinking. But um, it, because of like, everything is uh, the fit. They go in every, like the 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 do the shit they doing now with these robots and shit. And I ain't gonna lie, just even thinking about that shit, I'd rather have that fucking robot than have them goddamn cops in here beating our ass for two ninety, bro. You know what I mean? That robot, we can just run past that bitch. He's gonna take a picture and probably get that shit in the mail. But I'd rather deal with that shit than deal with these cops putting their fucking hands on us, bro. That shit is nuts. But um, uh, fuck these cops. That robot, that robot, that robot get pushed down that motherfucker. Get pushed down them goddamn steps. Real quick, but um, yeah, man, this is ah. And, and I and think, look, at, look at the case about Daniel Penny though. Like, compare these two cases: a black man, you know, uh, who's mentally ill, gets killed on the train by Daniel Penny because he's having a mental episode. No restraint is shown. He's an ex-veteran, and he kills a man. He gets to mm -hmm. walk free on like. A hundred thousand dollar bond in New York City, like with a police escort, after being a murderer. But this man, he shoots up. He shoots over thirty times, and um, he kill. He doesn't kill anybody. You know, he sets off a smoke bomb. But both incidents are so eerie, eerily similar because um, cops were at the station. There was cameras there, you know, on site, and cameras that didn't work. And it's like, how do we allow these massacre-like events, these traumatic events, to go on in public transportation in New York? But you have all this, these trained, you know, 290 security guards. Like, these officers are there to what? Hold space? Because the community does that. The community does that and keeps their people a lot more safe. Because I've hear, heard so many incidents where it's like, where were these, where were these coons at? Uh, yeah, all all the, all the shit. Yeah, I, a couple, a couple weeks ago, an old black woman got beat in the head with a, with a cane in the, in the train station. And it's like when we hear all this shit, we don't we don't see these cats. People getting stabbed and shit. We don't see these cats. People getting pushed on the train. We don't see these cats. 
But jump that motherfucking turnstile, you gonna get beat up. You gonna get robbed for a hundred dollars, bro. For two, <laughs> at two nine, you gonna catch you a hundred dollars and, and, and beat the fuck up and, and probably a night in jail. I was game. the last time I got in jail. The last time I was in jail, and I guess this dude probably was just, uh, I guess a repeated offender. I must have just got on their nerves or something like that. But bro, they had me in bookings, right? Mm-hmm. I go stay night in bookings. Um, I had bullshit charges. Uh, on on I don't see no judge. So they had me in there all day. I don't see no judge. But I'm in there with a with a, with a dude in bookings all day with somebody that just jumped the turnstile, bro, for two ninety. They had that nigga in jail all day for two ninety. And guess what? They we don't we both don't see no judge. They just let us out the back door. That was like punishment. Now like I said, bro <laughs> two ninety got him you know what I mean? Got him a day in bookings, bro. That's that's I think that's nuts. And if the ticket they I don't. I don't know how they decipher whether you get a ticket or whether they're gonna take you to jail. That's what I, I'm trying to like figure that shit out. Talk heavy. Because Say that again. Say that again. Whether, how do they decipher whether they they don't give you a ticket or they're gonna take you to jail? Because uh, it was a black dude. Um, the one of the one of the comrades that we're gonna show with us. Um, Miles. Uh, was on the way home, and in the train station. You know, seeing seeing a black dude, like, you know what I mean, they jumped the turnstile and they had that nigga up against the wall, like, you know what I mean? Putting the cuffs on him, searching around through his pockets and shit. Like, what the fuck? And so how did they determine not, that shit? They though? said he was not being detained. And, he already had cuffs on him and two officers holding him down. And 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 and, and I, I, I've been detained. I've been placed in handcuffs for um a two two ninety incident. Or something like that. Like they was like Stonewall almost got tased for two ninety. <laughs> yeah, you almost got almost tased. got tased for two ninety. So it's like, and when we say two ninety incident, we mean these officers, police officers, are coming in to these stations and acting as bullies to um people who refuse to deal with MTA's bullshit. Bro. Is it, that's what I did. Is it worth the two nine? That's when you gotta really start looking at these niggas. Oh, and you gotta wow. start looking at the people that be like they're sitting up here that 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 don't be helping, that be watching that shit go down and shaking their head like it's good. They shouldn't be jumping the turnstile. That's two ninety, bro. That's and two even, fucking even 90. the fucking MTA system says if you see something, say something. So why the fuck are so many people complicit to MTA's bullshit harassment? Bro, like if you their policies allow like these people to be like and we're talking about, we've seen the vendors, the um, New York City street vendors be harassed uh, and proclaimed as, like, loitering. We've seen them, like, harass people who jump the turnstiles and, like, high school kids and stuff like that. Um, the elderly, like, pregnant people. So what's really, what's really good? New York? If you, if like, you, um... When you see someone being harassed for 290, say something. Look, or do something, or at least record and put these people on blast so the community can hold them again. This is when you gotta look at these cops and, and figure out what's going on because for two ninety, bro, if people want to get home for two ninety, they gotta get to their kids, whatever the fuck they gotta get somewhere for two ninety. It, it, for them to beat you up or, or want to lock you up for for two ninety and not let and you want to go home, kidnap you, are they and really, hold you in central bookings? Are they really the are for they, a day? Are they really the friendly? Are they really the friendly person? You know what I mean? Are they really your neighbor? Are they really your neighborhood superhero? Are they really the person you could go to and ask for help? Because they're not. And speaking of um, the kidnapping and harassment that the NYPD has been doing, I did a little research um, recently today as well 
And there was cases dating back to like about a year ago or like a couple months ago, like 10 or 11 months ago. And it was talking about the lawsuits against the NYPD, how they're not only using people's private um, DNA evidence against them and collecting like suspect, you know, evidence and holding it for later cases and trying people. Um, and they're, um, they're kidnapping people for these things called zombie warrants. They're like old um, inactive warrants that, you know, can be, somebody said they were caught like from something in the 1980s and they were arrested in the 2000s for that warrant, but it was like a ghost warrant. It was, it was invalid. And they're saying that the jury and the judge, nobody looked at it. So they're just picking up and targeting people and taking people that they see as criminals. And there's civilians being robbed at their homes. You know, there's a lawsuit. You can look it up on, like, uh, Google. Hopefully, we'll put a clip out there. But, like, yeah. It's multiple people filing lawsuits against the NYPD. And they're racking up. Um, even lawsuits from protesters in 2020, like, settling at, like, what, 13 mil? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. 13 mil? Um, what? I don't know what the what the what the large bill. I know they um it's like a settlement case. They said they was getting like nine point something million. Um Oh per person. Was Nah. Hold on, I'm all the way off. I don't even want to say no shit like that. Yeah. Nine hundred thousand, something like that. Was it? Nine point five thousand per person or something like that. Yeah, like almost ten. Yeah, I don't even want to say them numbers. I don't I, yeah, I don't even fucking know. I know it's it's a hefty no, I think it's like nine thousand I, I think it's like nine thousand dollars per person. Yeah, yeah, I don't even want. To, I don't need to fuck up talking about millions and hundreds of thousands. <laughs> but no, the total like settlement is a lot. The total settlement is a um, lot. They got it like that, but they ain't paying like that. But anyway, um, let's not get on bullshit data out there. But um, this thinking ass. Hold on, who this nigga? He said, "Where this nigga at?" Let's talk about it. Talk about this. Freak ass nigga. <laughs> Yo, he on a paid vacation right now. That's where he's at right now for four days. He's not here right now. He's on a paid vacation, you so, know what I mean? I'm probably, I might throw a march and shit to like welcome this nigga back on Monday. But yo, yeah, he's on a paid vacation four days, you know what I mean? He's going to, um, uh, I believe, Mexico, Ecuador. He's going to Mexico, Ecuador, and Colombia. Colombia, Colombia. And what he's doing is he's trying to discourage the migrants from coming here. And why I say it's a paid vacation is because for decades, for decades, really not just a, for decades, the presidents, all that. You do not remember Kamala Harris? Don't come here. How stern and nasty was that? How stern and nasty was that? Don't come here. You remember that? Yo, so he thinks that he's gonna, you know, go over there, but it's a paid vacation, bro. If he would what make something that he got that much pizzazz to tell these people that's running for their lives that this ain't it. I mean, this is this is this is this is fucking heaven to them. I told you, like you, you these people are, are are dying to come over here and 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 you know what I mean. Whether well, it's sleeping, it's better conditions than what they're living in, and they're they're hoping for a better way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And guess what? We got it. We got it for them. We got it for them. We have the space. We have the money. You know what I mean? We just. It's it just... Um, it's being hoarded by the rich. Yeah. The bourgeoisie, hoarded. the elites, the people with the money, the people who are in seats of power are taking advantage. And it's disgusting. They're extorting the people. Like, it's been happening. 
that's it's been going on. And we we just marched last night at Stonewall was a riot and we saw the migrants at 34th Street, it's an influx. It's so many people just out there sleeping on the streets, on the curbs. And you're trying to send people away when the buildings down the block are empty. We passed so many vacant buildings on the way there. We passed by um, that housing around Chelsea that is being, the um, current tenants of that building are being pushed out and the rent is being raised on them because they're trying to create affordable housing like there aren't families already comfortable living there and that have been living there for years that are dealing with repair damages and a whole bunch of other issues like fix the fucking apartments repair the apartments or y'all aren't gonna get any rent these tenants are tired like the the city has to realize something the power is in the people and the people put the power into the politicians. They vote these people in office. So what happens when the people get tired? Cause like, if you think about it, the people banned with the migrants, you know what I'm saying? Like that would be a big power move. Repair all the like buildings and stuff that are fucked up and then open up the doors of these vacant apartments and vacant lots. Like people could build their own stuff. Like, like black and brown people haven't built New York City. You can do it again. Um, the mayor, the mayor, this, this, this vacation that he's on is, is, is nothing's going to come out of it. Um, this is just, uh, something to make it look like he's doing something. He also said he wanted the borders to stay open. Like, um. And that's what I think we all do want that. You know what I mean? Well, um, so contradicting. America yeah. is reaping what they sow. You know what I mean? They, they move people out of here. They build up walls, create borders and shit. Um, Break down those walls and, and open up the doors. And, 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 and kidnap people and brought them over here into this land. And now them people are coming back. You feel what I'm saying? He's just coming back over here. And we're going to let them in. And um, we have the money. Like I said, we have the money and we have the space. And the thing is, um, this morning I was watching... You know what was going on in Chicago. You know because they 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 also have you know the um the uh, same crisis going on, but um it's not it's uh it's a little bit different. They're moving. You know they got um they're moving the the migrants into um black neighborhoods, poverty stricken neighborhoods. You know what I mean? And uh, they 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 putting up these shelters and and the, and the people um. They're not like here and, and you know, um, Staten Island and stuff that, that want the people to go home or get out of here. They um they 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 don't want their resources, their 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 resources are being taken from. They they actually um have a lawsuit, you know, um against against the state, you know, um, because their 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 resources are being taken taken from and to give to the migrants. And these are activists, uh, black and brown. I've seen uh, Latinos speak out. I've seen uh, uh, black activists all speak out. You know, they're, they're saying that, you know, um, and the news is trying to make it like they're fighting with the migrants. And they're, they're clearly saying, no, we don't, we don't have no beef with the migrants. But, you know what I mean, the government don't, you know what I mean? Y'all got enough money to pay both of us. Mm -hmm. That's, and, and people, we have to realize that, you know what I mean? Um, they at at and this I say this shit all the time. They have the money. COVID hit. COVID hit. Boom. Everybody was running around this bitch. 
Everybody was running. Yo, I was, niggas had so much money. I had so much fucking money stacked up because I was working like in the beginning of COVID. So I, I was getting. I was um when the first when the first shit popped off when the shit first popped off um the money uh you know they 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 that we couldn't work at the job no more. Everything shut down. Uh, quarantine. So they, they told us all go on unemployment. So we go on unemployment. So now we got the boom. So I'm getting my regular paycheck and then boom, you got that 600 coming in. Fop, fop, fop. So then my job hit me. It was like, I could work underneath the table. So I started working underneath the, you know what I mean? Working underneath the table. So I'm getting my, 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 my unemployment check and I'm getting this 600. They just throwing on, you know what I mean? The fop, fop, you know what I mean? That shit just over there, boom, because I got, I got this money over here coming in. And this money, all this money is coming in. And guess what? I'm in the fucking house, can't do shit with it. You know what I mean? Um, the, the fucking protests, I don't just saved up so much money, that's what I'm out of here. Quit everything. You feel me? Um, bro, everybody had that money at that time. Right? Everybody had that money. <laughs> everybody everybody had that money. Everybody had that money. And I said, bro, if y'all figured out a way to give everybody a goddamn COVID check, start figuring out a way to pay everybody the goddamn pay to pay black and brown people their reparations check. Figure that out. And before we even get to black and brown, figure out black black people we build. Figure out a way to give us our goddamn reparations. Talk check. about it, because black people, indigenous people built this land. But black people are still owed forty acres on mule. Yeah. What the fuck is my forty acres? Well, and, I just want one. And that's the thing. I just want one. What give me a building. That's the thing. I just, I just the housing crisis. I told y'all about, you know, the devil's punch bowl. You know, these these all all this, you know what I mean? And we're just like told just get over it, get over it. And know. you know, we watch we watch uh indigenous people they're old, they're we watch weird. we watch everybody go through oppression and get some kind of some kind of something. You dig what I'm saying? Japanese. Some kind of something and we haven't got nothing still scratch survive, nigga, figure it out. <laughs> scratch survive, nigga, we ain't gonna help and then now not even that, not even figure it out, we gonna knock you down. Mm-hmm. You gotta get up and keep figuring that shit out. Why we keep punching you in your face, nigga, knocking you down. Get up and figure that shit out. But this is where, you know, um, where, 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 where we band together. You know, I, I, um, um, you know, we the people, I, 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 um, you know, was at the W when they, they um, tried to, uh, what was it, when they pushed the migrants out, you know what I mean? The, Pushing them, pushing them off the sidewalk. They pushed the people off the sidewalk, um, and just you know what I mean. Just they just want them in front of that building because of the money and shit. Um, and you know, um, going over there, lending out supplies and shit. But this is where you you unite, bro. This is where you know what I mean. Those people are coming in, boom. We bring them, we welcome them in, and and get them with us, bro. You build them into the community, and this shit. We start building your army, goddamn take this shit over, bro. It's more you know what I mean? When they coming in now, start boom, start breaking them into what it's gonna be like. Don't let them get over here and get comfortable thinking that this shit is the uh, nah, it's not like that for us. It's it's still like so let you know what I mean? So this is where let, let instead of resources um people like you know what I mean, uh getting sucked in, getting sucked in because at the same time I understand, I understand one hundred percent where, you know, um, black people are coming from with the, um, they, you know what I mean, seeing somebody else get money and be like, ah, what about us? What about, why, why are we still going through the same shit? Because we done seen, like I said, all, all types of um, 
immigrants, migrants come over here and from nothing and, and run from something, but boom, we, we turn around and they're living better than us. And we like, how did that, <laughs> you know what I mean? We still in the same shit, still fight for our shit. You know what I'm saying? It, it happens that way. You know, um, the uh, you know, um, anti-Asian hate. I I I threw a march for that. You know, um, you know, and that was a big movement. You know, um, and that's what I'm saying. And it was so bad that everybody was outside for a boom, boom, boom. But then they got a bill out of that, and then they went back inside. Everybody just went back inside, like ah. And guess who's still outside? Black people. What about us? So I, I understand it. I understand. It. I 100. But um. This is where you know what I mean. This is where we, this is where we unite because they're coming from like they're coming from the yeah they they're coming from poverty too. And this is where we we you know what I mean we unite instead of and and I, I dig those people in Chicago of like not like boom oh we don't have a problem with them being here but no y'all not gonna you know what I mean they they, they feel boom oh y'all you know what I mean y'all not gonna pay them before paying us we still boom y'all bringing them into our neighborhoods and we still fighting y'all taking from us to give to them and I see I understand that so. Um, but this is where, you know what I mean? We got to figure out the, 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 the boom, how to unite and bring these people to help them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I feel because like, these people are, they're survivors, bro. They, they're willing. They, they, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, if they came all the way here, you know, that shows a whole bunch of, like, type of inhibition and creativity levels on a whole nother, like, standard. Because these people, like you said, are coming from worse conditions than what we see in New York, at least the majority of them. And people are dying on their way crossing this border. So I hear you too. And like the people saying like, you know, oh, what about me? Like I should be getting something cause you know, like some of the migrants were, had the privilege of staying in hotels and stuff, but like very much, I'm very much so strong on the, we just need to band together because mm. it's like, you know, it's all about sharing and taking what you need and giving what you can. And the government has really, like, entrapped the people or just convinced the people that we're in a sense or a state of scarcity. Like, they're literally saying, like, we're in um, a state of emergency. Like, we haven't been in a state of emergency. Like, the people are at war with themselves. Like, over basic things like food and water and housing. And, and clothing. And, um and jobs but the whole idea with like oh there's not enough jobs there's people coming here and taking our jobs like that is fucking bullshit there's not enough small businesses and um black and brown creatives who are getting supported like black and brown leaders are getting silenced black and brown creatives are getting silenced and these immigrants are coming here like i said with creativity and inhibition like they're willing to do things that a lot of people in New York aren't willing to do. Like like you said, you met that man um, who came here with his family. They walked most of the way, and he was barefoot, and he had like sores on his feet. Like I don't know any rich white businessman in New York who's gonna walk out here barefoot to their work, let alone across countries. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't even speak English. He got. And he was willing to training. communicate his yeah. story to you. Like that that just says a lot to me of how strong these people are. So like. Um, people in New York are looking for ways to organize and ways, ways to come together and unify and educate each other. And it's just, it's all about, like you said, going outside and networking and creating these um, in-person interactions where we're like telling people, yo, like it's fucked up out here. 
we get it. Like, this is something we can relate on. This is something, you know, we could help each other out with and, like, hopefully, like, learn from each other and grow into, like, a better society for the community. Because people need housing. People need food. People need, you know, um, clothing and, and, and all the other stuff and all the necessities. So the fight for humanitarian rights is not going to stop. The fight for black lives and brown lives and indigenous lives is not going to stop. Like, so we're going to get our reparations one way or another. But it's about whether or not we're going to get them or someone's going to give them to us. You know, it's what the people are waiting for. I ain't waiting for shit. Talk. <laughs> I ain't waiting for shit. Now we're gonna get into our interview. With Eva Santos Village. Yeah, I got to um it was dope, you know, being able to uh interview. I never got to make it to like none of her actions. But um yeah, it was far like being able to interview her. She's a doctor recipient, um, and she's got a degree and uh at CUNY, I believe. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, um you can her. see her um her picture all over the train. I don't know if it's the A train, D train. I don't know what train, but it's one of them trains. You can see her all over there. So far, it was good. We got the interview. Got the interview or so, but uh, check her out. Yes, yeah, go check her out. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unapologetic Talks. I'm your host, Dimes Cartier, and welcome to my other host. What's up? Yeah, Rally Rebel. <laughs> and I'm Angie. And today we have a very special guest. Um, she organizes for uh, a lot of immigration causes. Um, Eva, go ahead, introduce yourself. Hi, um, my name is Eva, and um, just like Angie shared, I'm um, a Dominican DACA recipient and organizer at heart, because um, I believe that you have to be organizing at heart to be an organizer. Talk heavy. Period. Um, so tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get to organizing? Um, explain maybe a little bit of DACA, because a lot of people, you know, are not really, unless, I feel like unless you're an immigrant, you don't yeah. really know all these terms. Sure. So um, I came to the U.S. Well, my story starts, like, really young, because my mom came to the U.S. in the 80s by herself with my dad. Um, and she actually was pregnant here with me. Um, but she was young and she went back. Um, she just came with a visa as a tourist. And then back in the 90s, 92, she decided to like, let me go visit the country. And then she met, um, my sister's dad here and she had my sister in 1994, which kept us here for longer than expected. So that I went to kindergarten here. I went to first grade. I, I learned like, little broken English and then she took us back to the Dominican Republic um, until 1999 um, and that's when we came back and never left ever since um, we came with a tourist visa um, from the Dominican Republic and which expired in 2003 um, I was really young I was just 12 13 years old when my mom was like hey by the way the visa expired um, we're not gonna be able to go back I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, I was a little girl. That's when I realized like it was serious. I was just going into high school, which was like pretty new to me. My English was not like really good. So I was like in bilingual classes. So it was like really hard that experience for me because 
I was like, that's when I realized, wow, I'm, I'm undocumented here, and, and now what? And I, I, we were in shelters, um, and, and that's, that was another thing that was like a little hard for us because we were all fully undocumented. My mom, my, my brother, and myself, except my sister that was born in 1994, which was the only way that we were able to get in the shelter system because of my sister. If not, it would have been even harder for us because it would have been all of us fully undocumented. We were in the shelter system. We actually, um, when I was driving here, the shelter was not far because it, it was in Brooklyn. It was the only time that we actually lived in Brooklyn for like a year or two. And that's where my undocument, being undocumented experience um, started because I was in high school and I, I didn't know. I, 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 I didn't even know how to say I'm undocumented. It was just myself. Um, and honestly, the help was really minimal back then, at least in the high school that I went to in, in the Bronx. Um, the last memory I have was the counselor telling me, like, oh, you don't have a social security number. You might just drop out. Mm. Um, it's going to be hard for you. Like, your mom cannot afford it. And my mom, she was not like, she was going through so much that for her, how could she afford me um, going to college at a young age so that I started working really early and I did just that. I dropped out of high school at 16 and I started working in supermarkets because that's under like jobs under the, of the, the books. books because a girl couldn't work on the books. Um, so um, that was my story for a while. Then then I got pregnant really young at 18. Um, that's why I have a high school student now. <laughs> um, and then my story became a little bit harder because now I'm like, I was undocumented, I was a mom, and I still didn't have like DACA. DACA is, as you know, um, a program that back in 2012, um, Obama um, created for those kids that arrive in the country um, before the age of 16, and there's um, a bunch of requirements um, into that. I believe that you have to be here by July 14, 2012. If you, don't, if you didn't arrive here by that time, you couldn't apply, which was like really good. It changed the life of many, including myself. I'll honestly say um, receiving DACA changed my life because I get a work permit. I could have a license. I have to pay taxes, um, <laughs> just like everybody else. But one thing that it does has, like you cannot leave the country. Um, Unless you apply for advanced parole, that means that you have to have a reason, a humanitarian reason, either um, family member is sick or somebody's passing away or educational purposes, which is really hard. It's not an easy process. Um, and DACA, yes, has changed the life of many, but right now um, is, a, is being attacked in courts by Republicans. Just a few months ago, I was in, um, in Texas because there's a, a judge, Andrew Hannon, which wants to terminate the program fully. He already stopped new applications. Like there's not nobody else can no longer apply. Um, I believe there's almost a um, couple, like 500,000 that was like left out of the program because he stopped new applications. Um, and that was what drew me to organizing. Um, and, and I think it was just like the fact that I'm from the Dominican Republic and I'll be honest, for a long time, I sat at home and I watched rallies and people in the streets um Boise now for all of these things that matter and I'm just home one because I was afraid um a lot of like you know 
And I'm, I still carry a lot of that. And, you know, a lot of afraid to, you know, you're undocumented and, you know, you could get arrested and the cops. And it's hard for you to, like, explain to, to a, 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 let's say, you get stopped in a rally. For me, I saw it like, I can't do that. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm undocumented. How am I going to? I didn't understand until I got tired of that. Um, and also being a DACA recipient from the Dominican Republic is like this narrative a lot. Like, you know, DACA recipients and undocumented are only Central Americans. And no, they're like Dominicans and we have Asians and we have so many like African Americans, like from so many other places that are DACA recipients right now. And um, that's what drew me to organizing. I'm like, I started searching, hey, Dominican DACA recipients online, and I didn't find anybody. And I'm like, where are they? I want to know how can I travel to my country? How can I go to rallies? How can I be there? Um, and I'm like, okay, I can't find that person. Let me see if I can start, like, become that person. Um, and I started working with um, doing volunteer work with a um, nonprofit organization, um, United We Dream, which they work, like, directly with, like, immigrant youth, um, teaching them how to, like, rally and how to take on the streets and sort things like that and i started planning my rally from scratch in front of schumer's home i'm like i don't know anybody but i'm just do it and i started like adding people on instagram and sending messages and hey i'm gonna rally because you know we're in a way that's two years ago two and a half years ago we're in a pathway to citizenship which we had the chance um to get something and Biden do, didn't do anything about it. Um, um, he had all the power to give like 11 million um, undocumented and not just DACA recipient because DACA recipient is just like 800,000. We're talking about 11 million undocumented plus if I, we have so many more coming in through the like right now that I probably is even more at this point. Um, and that's what drew me. Like, I, we were in a big moment, and I'm like, I don't know anybody, but I'm going to get to know people. Um, and I'm going to try to voice out as much as I can that I'm here. And that's what I started doing um, as being um, undocumented and a DACA recipient at the beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can personally relate to, like, you know, a lot of that story because I also migrated here with my mom and my little brother, when I was eight, so that was in 2008. Um, however, we came here um, at that time in Colombia. It was very easy to get fake visas. And so the visas would state that we were half Colombian, half from Spain, because, you know, Spaniards can go, can come in the country. Um, I remember we tried it the first time. I was about eight years old. Yeah, seven years old. And we got caught in Cuba. And so we, you know, we, we were, the, our flight stopped, stopped there. We were supposed to take another flight to, to New York City. And in Cuba, they caught us. They sent us back. And then we waited a couple months, and then we tried it again. And th that time, we actually made it to JFK. When we made it, um, we traveled. It was my mom, my brother, and it was a cousin of my father and I. And the paperwork stated that my dad's cousin was our father. Something was wrong with one of our passports. I don't know which one was it, uh, but all I remember is that they took us to the back of the airport, and then they separated us from my father's cousin. Uh, we were there overnight. 
my mom, of course, I mean, I was very young. It was very traumatic. My mom was freaking out, you know. I remember it's my mom, like, telling me, like, I'm a bad mom. I'm sorry this is happening. Just because, you know, you come in. Nobody was speaking Spanish to us. All we know is that we know what we're doing, and we know we just got caught. And um, my dad's cousin, he was actually sent to Rikers, and he was blamed that he did the paperwork. And he was in Rikers for two years before being deported. And then we got sent to a shelter or like a facility detention center um, in PA. And we were there for about eight months before we were released. However, I do have to say, and with obviously all the stories that have been happening in the previous years, my experience, I was very fortunate, it was not half as bad as what it is now. We did not get separated from my mother. We were with my mom the whole time. I, you know, as terrible as it was, I can't really speak any bad things about the facility because, um, you know, we were fed. Um, they gave us clothing. Yeah, we couldn't go, but as kids, um, they had designed a, a section of the facility center to be like a school for kids and it was like just two rooms and one was for the older kids and one was for the younger kids and so that's kind of like where I was introduced to English and I started learning some English there um, and then when we were released I my father at that time was already here and he was living in Long Island and that's kind of like where we moved from you know straight from Colombia to Long Island which you know, if you've been to Long Island, it's it's very white, and we were in a very white town, and so my first, yeah, very racist, and my first introduction to, like, elementary school was where I was, like, the only Spanish kid, and I was the only one that spoke Spanish, and it was a whole bunch of white girls, and so for me, like, I think that the way I cope with that throughout high school and everything, well, throughout middle school was, like, I assimilated. Like, I wanted to be white. I say that all the time. I would look at these white girls and I'm like, why can that be me? You know, like, why can I have that life? Like, I have to go home. I have to, you know, just do like the older sister, typical, you know, routine of like cleaning the house, you know, taking care of my little brother. And like, my parents were working 24 seven. And yeah, and, and it wasn't until high school where I rebelled. And I was like, I hate these white people. I'm not here for this. And I, through Instagram and Facebook, I met, you know, a lot of people from, like, Queens and, like, the Bronx. And that's how I ended up meeting my husband at the end of high school. And, but, yeah, like, coming here with that experience, and that's another thing. Like, currently, uh, so my process lasted 10 years. We went to court for 10 years. Throughout those 10 years, um, we actually were given a Social Security number and a working permit. Um, but it was very much like parole. I ended up finding out not too long ago that's what it was called. Like, we were in parole. So I had been in parole for since I was eight years old, and I didn't even know. <laughs> and um, now that I am married to a new... So I was given a, a program. I don't know if you've heard of it, CAT, C-A-T. And so under this program, you know, we can work, we can be here, we can pay taxes, but same thing, we can't leave the country. Um, I really don't qualify for any financial help in any way because of that. And... I am now married to a U.S. citizen, and so what's been my whole thing this past couple of years, I got married in 2017. We paid $10,000 to a lawyer in Queens who stole our money and didn't do anything. Uh, he was supposed to apply for a readjustment of status. He never did anything, and then by the time, you know, we got out of that whole mess, it was already Trump season, and it was COVID season, 
And so at that point, every lawyer I was speaking to was like, we can't take this case. It's just too complicated. We have, you know, we have to go into the case, reopen the case, ask for an adjustment, see if they'll let you, you know, if they even let you do it, and then apply for a green card. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, 2020 and the community and everybody that I met at Abolition Park and, and Stonewall that I f they helped me fundraise again. And we finally found another lawyer who, you know, also was very expensive. But right now, everything's on point. We're just waiting for the courts. The courts are super delayed. Yeah. So we've been waiting for two years for my court date to be given to us mm -hmm. so we can, like, readjust the status. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and that's just, you know, like DACA, CAT, it's just like two, it, it, it's so many people are protected by these programs, but so many people are not, right? Yeah. There are so many people that are undocumented, yeah. have no type of protection. Um, my dad is undocumented and for COVID, like he couldn't stop working because he like, you know, they gets no unemployment, cannot qualify for anything. And so, so yeah, but like I can definitely, you know, I think we all can, everybody at the end, I think that's what drew me a lot to this organizing. Our stories relate at the end of the day. Yep. Um, we're all one. I think um, that's what it is. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't, um, this is our first time meeting each other. I know yes. I, I've been, uh, we've been following each other for a couple of years since I've been out here. But, um, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't made it to one of your, your um, you know what I mean? One of your, um, I, I've seen them though a couple of times, but I don't see like where you, where you posted them. You know what I mean? Like oh, at that time, but um, and I seen you. I said you got you got arrested at the White House, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, what? I, what's what? To be like, all right, organizing. You was you organizing before twenty twenty happened? Um, no, I I started organizing at the beginning of. 2019 on online because there was a lot of like um text banking and that's what I, that's what i started doing as like let me see how this organizations work because i was like really naive to everything um and that's who i ended up um working and organizing to get arrested in in, in dc mm -hmm. um and that's how everything started at the beginning of 2019 and started yeah. From there. yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah. Well, um, what do you, what do you, what do you, what's the hardest part about organizing to you? I think the hardest part is like when, for example, um, back in December, we, we rallied again in front of the White House, um, again, because they felt on, on passing a pathway to citizenship and just listening to the stories and just the how afraid our community is, our undocumented community is, regardless of how much passion they show while they're there. Like, you know, sometimes we see these powerful images, but we don't know, like, each story, each one of them to make it there. They're like, wow, are we really going to get something out of this? Is there, is this like, is this is going to be worth um, the try? Because we've been doing this for so long. Mm -hmm. And then just for me, I think that's the hardest part when I have to see them again for the same thing. And it's just like, yeah, well, here we are again, um, fighting for the same cause. And we haven't gotten nothing about, like nothing from it, you know? And, and it's just hard for me. I think that's one of the hardest part. And then also being targeted a lot. I think yesterday is one example. I was, I was telling Angie about it. We were doing a protest for Kawasaki and, and 
It was full of cops. And, 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 and it's just like, we are protesting because you guys are failing us. Like, mm-hmm. why are you telling me to move away from the streets in a, such a bad way? Like, why, you, why, why do you, do you have show to up? be so, so cold? And, 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 and it's just like, I'm learning a lot. I think following you is like, um, has been, I, I'm always showing you to everyone. That's how, like, um, I, 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 because I'm like, I'm very new to organizing and learning how this system really works, you know? Um, because I've always been afraid of cops and I've always been afraid of even having an interaction or even having a conversation. And now it's changing. Like, yeah. it's changed a lot for for the last couple of years. I don't, I, I don't feel as afraid now because I feel also I have a community which like, I know like, I'm, I'm learning my rights. I think a lot of us being undocumented and feeling already being afraid of, you know, ICE, um, immigration and all of these rules. Now you have this person, this agency that is supposed to protect you, but you you know they're not protecting you at any point. Because um, the f- first thing they're going to ask for you is for your ID. And then you are undocumented mm-hmm. and maybe you don't have an ID and now you have to explain yourself. And and then from there, your the interactions changes immediately. Um, so for me, it has been really, like, really hard to, like, until like I started getting more involved to like let my guard down and I'm like and know like you know I know like you guys are like fucked up you know at what yeah. you do and how you even in in my son's school the way like why 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 uh, why are you guys here and at the end of the day my son still feels afraid um, of you right. you know projecting this like false sense of security like a hundred percent yeah well, um, and wait I, I have a question. So speaking, I like really how you brought up the hardships, speaking of the hardships of activism and organizing in, you know, modern day times, what is something, actually, let me tell you something about how I feel, like I personally relate to what you're saying, like coming outside and, you know, not seeing um, an example of a leader or someone who Mm -hmm. looks like you is very frustrating. And I know I personally felt that. Like, that's what struck me to come outside. But um, what I would, I, I want to say, what keeps you going? Like, besides all the negativity and not seeing someone like you, being that, having to be that martyr, you know, that um, scapegoat that a lot of people like to ploy and, like, put all this negativity on, what keeps you being a leader? I think what keeps me being a leader is just like when I started organizing, I was by myself. Like I, it was just me. And I feel like as time goes by, I have this community that continues to grow. And that's what keeps me going because we're going to continue to grow and we're going to be bigger and we're going to make noise for much more things and bigger things as time goes by. And as I continue to learn, like I was very afraid at the beginning of speaking because like, you know, my my span you can hear like my dominican accent and i'm like oh my god maybe i don't have the best like um i don't speak the best way but i'm like you know what i speak the way i speak and i'm gonna share my message and they're gonna hear me regardless Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what keeps me going um and also you know the community when you know just the fact that you go into a rally and just yesterday i went into a, a action from work and i a bunch of youth are taking action to call out for like you know they don't want cops in their school something that i never did yeah. um when i was in high school and, and and i immediately 
um, my community just got bigger because those 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 kids, I, I didn't know them before, you know, and, and it's just like as you meet people when you go along to all of these actions, regardless if there's negativity, it gets bigger and better. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's just like our voice gets louder. I feel like Building you didn't see 10 years ago young kids telling they didn't want cops at their school. Um, like, not at all. And, and just them speaking out, like, their experiences, how instead, um, you know, they're being suspended from school instead of give, give, getting resources and guidance, then they're being, like, you know, police at school. Mm -hmm. It's just hard for them. Um, and I, for me, that's what keeps me going because my son is also in high school. So for me to just um, be naive of all those, not just immigration, like, all of those other things that are actually happening... Mm -hmm. Um, is, is it'll be like, you know, I have to keep going. I have to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're not beating them. We ain't no beat them, join them. We over here, we're gonna resist. Yeah. That's, um, and yeah, that's fire that, you, that you're doing it and that people that, you know what I mean? That your people see you doing it and that you're not gonna stop. Um, and it, it's, it's, it, it comes in waves, it's ups and downs, it's ups and downs. Sometimes it's gonna be a lot of people, sometimes it's not, but if you stick and true, like the real people will eventually find you and then they'll add on to the pieces mm -hmm. until it gets to where it needs to be. And um, yeah, that's why I said I don't, I don't really care about the numbers, never care about the numbers, yeah, just stay, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna have your people yeah. that follow you. Um, the, because them numbers, they, they're, they're good for, you know what I mean, the optics and everything like that, but the next day they won't come back out. You know what I mean? You you have a handful of people that's gonna be like, ah, like no, I really want to do this. I'm really doing this. You know what I mean? And that's a yeah. So that's fire that you you know what I mean that you're yeah. still going. Especially I, I mean, um, what what uh, far as back, do you have any like pushback or blowback from um from your people, or do people hit? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think from the Dominican community, I I. It's one of the biggest in its heart because it's my own community. Um, a lot of a lot of Dominicans they don't first they don't know what DACA is, um, and second they are really and I would not say afraid they just don't like talking about being undocumented. Um, they sometimes feel embarrassed about being undocumented, and um, that is something that I'm drew me to organizing. Like we shouldn't feel afraid first of all. We shouldn't feel embarrassed of our stories. Um, and that's kind of hard because sometimes um, for me, being Dominican, I get asked the question, like, why are you still undocumented? Why are you still, why haven't you fixed your documents? And like something like Angie's story is like a pure example of like, and also like me, like my dad is a U.S. citizen. My sister is a U.S. citizen. My dad is a, my, my brother is. Um, and everybody around me, but that doesn't mean that it's easy to just fix my Very status. Like she's and married, she's already married, and it's, it's it's look at the process. It's just everything is is really hard. So even my own community, even my own family, um, I get that question a lot. Like, why haven't you fixed your documents? And 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 why haven't you done anything about it? And then I'm just like, because it's not easy. Um, for me, for example, I'm a DACA recipient. Um, I I can get married to a U.S. citizen, but I still have to have a legal entry back into the country. Meaning, I have to apply for an advanced parole. I have to go back into the Dominican Republic and come back into the U.S. to then apply to fix my status. Mm -hmm. And that involves money because it's also like thousands of dollars. Um, also trying to find the right person that is not going to steal your money because it happens every single day. Yep. That was another thing. Like, I think there were so many things of, of, of my own experience as I was growing up in this city that 
drew me to organizing because I feel like what I said at the beginning, like being an organizer at heart, like um, before I started organizing, um, I was doing like translations and things like that um, for free for people. Why? And I used to work in an office that they used to get um, paid for like, they used to charge $60 for that. And then I used to like on the low give them my number and be like, hey, text me, uh, email me, text me, call me, I'll do it for free. Because for me, it was just really hard to see how like money is being taken away from people um, in this way. That's why I like I have like one of my biggest dreams is just like maybe one day having a center where I could just do all of those things for free for people. Like, you know, just like like for me, my own experiences is what like every day drives me to continue to learn. Like my mom went through so many things, like even to apply for food stamps because she didn't know English. And then I remember going with her to the food stamp office and how, how she was treated and how she used to be yelled at because she missed an X and signing her name in one, in one sheet. And, and it was for me, it's still, it's still hard to see that it's still happening. And, and, and just listening to like my, like a friend of my mom saying that she paid $150 to apply for I-10 when that's for, that's a free service, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And then for me, it's just hard to, walk into a center in the Bronx and see that they're charging a hundred dollars for that service. And, and those little things is what drew continues or drives me to organizing and, and just telling people like, you know, it's not easy to fully legalize yourself. I think that's one thing I want to say, like, it's a process. Um, some people, I wish it was easy. Like, you know, all of us have, we'll be able to help other, so many other people if, if, if it was easy. If it was easy. Um, but we're getting there slowly. <laughs> but we're yeah. going to get there. I'm actually applying for advanced parole. Um, I did apply for advanced parole to travel to the Dominican Republic. It's been 25 years. Um, so hopefully, maybe in a few months, I get an approval. Um, if um, USCIS allows it. Because you know how they work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and to, to your point, like, it is so much money. I don't think people realize how really classist it is right because mm-hmm. even yeah because even with me right and 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 my husband he has to prove that he can leave like mm-hmm. that he can financially support me even if i work even if if you know i have the best job out there and i'm making hundreds and hundreds of dollars he has to prove that he can pay for all my necessities or i was yeah yeah mm-hmm. so when you marry and you're a citizen they have to prove that they can afford you to be here Right, they like they, they, yeah, and so and and, and he has. Well, it, it, yeah, yeah, like uh, in the moment of applying, he has to prove bank accounts, you know, pay stubs, how much he's making, and then they'll decide whether whatever he's making is enough to cover for the both of us. And so even right, so it's not like you can just go marry anybody, right? Because if that person is struggling financially, then you're still going to get denied. And, and, and like, it's just little things like that. And yeah, like lawyers are super expensive. They're super shady. Um, and then you don't only pay the lawyers, but also every procedure that you do through immigration, you also have to pay, right? Even for the um, working permit, it renews. Now I think it's every two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first came in, it was every eight months. And for each permit, it was like $600. And, and so, so now if you want to work, you can't work without your permit. And yeah. so now you have to have $600 yeah. every eight months to be able to work. 
And so it's just like all this money, 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 people. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Like people still don't realize. With DACA, you have to renew every two years because yeah. they say every two years, but you have to send your renewal 150 days prior. Your and it expiration. takes a minute to come. But they, because we are being attacked so much by this judge, which DACA might end at any time, like including for myself. And like even in the next few months, I might have not nothing, like, you know, um, and they charge you $500, including, like, you know, have to, you have to take photos and, and the mailing. And that's, yeah. like, every year and a half. Um, and some, some people get denied. Some people get, get denied from that money. And, and, and it's really expensive. And, you know, when I realized that immigrant, like, lawyers were so expensive um, and mostly immigration, um, it was, like, my first experience that I had with ICE. That was with, like, my kid's dad. Like, mm -hmm. he was detained um, because of a process by immigration. And that's when I knew that lawyers were so expensive. So expensive. Um, and also, like, um, bails from immigration. Like, somebody yeah. being arrested is 100% that you have to pay. And we had to, like, get $20,000 out of pocket, like, in 10 days. Um, and it's really hard. Like, being undocumented and just being in part of this community um, overall in New York City, if you live in New York City, you're going to struggle. Um, that's why we're all here. I think that's why all, we all got yeah, to this room. Um, that's why drew me um, to follow Relly always. Um, I think one of the reasons why um, I started following him was just like, and I will say, was just the passion that I see. And just like how you're not afraid. Mm. I think like every time I want to have like that dose of like, don't get, don't feel afraid. I go to your page and I watch you because um, it's always mm -hmm. so powerful to see that, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and you need that. And I feel like I, I always carry a lot of me um, that even when I'm on the train and I'm paying my metric card don't go through and then and, and I see cops, I, I get afraid. Yeah. And it's just like because I've been carrying that for so long, it's just so hard to like just let go of that. Um, and, and it's extremely hard. I, I cut a lot of people that became cops. Um, that were friends when they were young. I just don't, don't <laughs> fuck with that anymore. Get on out of here. Um, um, yeah. You know, um, for me, it's just like... I don't fuck with cops either. I don't fuck with them. So, yeah. Um, uh, and just so speaking about... Um, you said it's not just immigration, and so I just want to go back to the point really quick mm -hmm. because it's so important to talk about intersectionality and how, like... Yes, you know, you may be organizing mainly for immigration and yes, really may be organizing, you know, for black liberation, but like neither one of them can happen without each other. Right. And, and, and yeah, intersectionality is so important and it's something that so many people like, you know, I I would speak specifically to like my community, Colombians, right? Colombians organize a lot, but they're very much in their own little bubble. Right. And you know, as as we're we're very white passing and, and and unfortunately Central American, Dominicans, South Americans, you know, very racist. Mm -hmm. Um, these are conversations that people are not comfortable having. And so people tend to think that like, well, we need to protect, you know, Colombians. Dominicans need to protect Dominicans. Mm -hmm. Um, immigrants need to protect immigrants. But like even like, you know, a lot of immigrants, um, or immigration experiences that I have witnessed, whether it's with me or with other people that I know, then you look at, you know, black immigrants and, and they have it that, like, you know, so much harder than we do, right? Even outside right now of that hotel, what's that hotel in the city? Roosevelt, I think it is, where all the immigrants are at. If you pay attention, I've never, you know, 
seen that happen to that extent. And most of these immigrants are black men. And they're literally like sleeping right on the street. Nah, and they people, can't even leave that I, little barricade. I seen I seen the um the, the, the video or the picture I seen yesterday where they were like sitting in between each other's laps and shit. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like the bottom of a slave boat. And if you were like, I'm like, look at this shit, bro, for for the world to and see on display. And I was like, we don't even see like like. Showcasing and it was a couple like years ago poverty. where um where the, where like, where so the Haitians uh, you know the Haitians down what was that? I don't know if it was Texas or Florida, or whatever. But they you know what I mean with the whips and the damn horses. And I'm just yeah, like, what in the hell is going on out this month? Like, yeah. what's going on? But it, they, every they they show us. You know what I mean? They let us go wild and shit, and they 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 pretty talk us. That's they always pretty talk us. They name these streets. As I said, they never change the laws. They never change our surroundings. That do they do stuff like change streets or, or or give them a holiday or give them this, you know what I mean? Some bullshit. Yeah. Give them that. Like they give, give them us that. one holiday. Just don't give them. Don't give them. Don't give them what they really need. Don't give them the justice or some. Or they might like every once in a while lock one of them up. But as far as that, they're not they're not doing nothing about the laws and and, and our living conditions. It's so hard and. and it, as you mentioned, the asylum seekers in, in Roosevelt, like, they coming in, like, every day in buses. They, and they're still coming in. And, and then we have so many empty buildings. Like, for me, it's just like, why is that the major telling this landlord? It's like, you're not going to profit for the next couple of, two, three years, five years. And we're going to house these people there. Like, we have the space. I don't, I, I mean... I think he's all over the place saying, like, um, you know, they're sending too many of them here. But we have the space. Yes, we do. I mean, we yeah. have so many buildings that they are building in the Bronx that we don't need for the landlords to be making so many thousands and millions of dollars. Like, why not house them there? Mm-hmm. Like, why why do you have them, like, in inhumane conditions? Like, they want to send them to Rhythm Island. Like, there's nothing around there. Like, there, there's no grocery stores there's no pharmacies there's they're gonna have to commit to like a little bus that the city services at their time at their will in control of them imagine that so for me it's just like um it's hard to see that um see them out there and 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 honestly i feel like sometimes my hands are tied and you want to be everywhere as an organizer um sometimes you want to be everywhere and it's hard to be everywhere um but um yeah that's because the poverty and houselessness issue in New York City is yeah. so tremendous. Yeah. Like, there's, at least in Brooklyn, there's, yeah. like, at least three abandoned lots or buildings on each block. Like, and there's so many new luxury apartments that are, like, the rent is stabilized and some high, yeah. extreme price that no one can afford. It's, like, one-bedroom apartments, two-bedroom apartments. No families can fit there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, like, this should we be purpose. We have the resources. Have we have the space like all of these buildings like we have the space to have them um it's a matter of just not profiting from from it you know because it's people over property we, we got the space because like they um it was last year or whatever our thing was the beginning of this year but they showed you know they oh the mayor's getting a new office in manhattan and shit and it was one of them office space buildings they said they got three they got they got enough office space buildings that was just abandoned that they built up thought they were going to do something with nobody's doing with so now they're converting into apartments these are spaces that they could put these people in until they figure out what's next you know what I mean and, um, and they, you know what I mean they're, they're converting them into a, apartments but right now they're, they're, they're 
You know what I mean? It's office space. It's not. It's not raggedy enough, and they can go put them people in there. There's a lot of stuff they can do, but they'd rather pay. You know what I mean? Start paying New Yorkers a hundred, whatever it was, to, to house people and all that. All that's bullshit. Um, that I wish. I wish that like, I got the. I know the moves to like set this shit off, to, like get shit jumping. But you know what I mean? It, it comes with like like a sacrifice, and I ain't ready to die yet, or yeah, ready to yeah, like yeah. go to jail, or nothing like that yet. <laughs> this would be like boom, boom. Like I said, it's a long fight, and we gotta we we gotta do stuff to. But it's also like joining forces and, you know, getting all, like, bringing all the fights together because we're all fighting the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're all fighting the government. It's a humanitarian and fight. It's, it's a human just, rights fight. Yeah, it's just we're waking waking everybody up. And, and You know what I mean? 100%. I think that's, like, that's, like, what's beautiful about organizing. Like, as you know, it's sad that we have to go through all of this. But just meeting everyone as as you you go along and and you know and just building the power i think that's one of the biggest thing as we go because the fight is not going to get easier it's just going to get harder mm -hmm. um unfortunately and we're just going to have to like continue to fight and just be together i'm ready i'm here for it until we get in <laughs> so i have a question actually um how do you think or how can we help combat racism in our communities? I think just continuing to use our voice. I think that's one of the biggest things. And being ourselves, never changing for nobody around you um, and speaking up for what, you know, for your rights and for you, what you believe. I think um, one of the biggest things for myself, I will say, um, I never, I never... I was never afraid of sharing my story or, or, or like hide who I was, but I was just afraid. And, and, and because of that, I experienced like a lot of like feeling alone and a lot of racism. Yeah. Um, and, and as soon as I started voicing out, like, this is my story mm -hmm. and this is who I am. And, 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 you know, some people are going to feel uncomfortable because, you know, racism, that's what it is. Um, but, you know, but you're targeting that is just being yourself and always voicing out, um, and fighting for that, for what you your what you believe, and and coming together with your community and teaching other people. I think my mom, um, I think Dominican, something that you mentioned is is they have a lot of that. They're like, um, they're even like one of the things that I'm afraid of going to the Dominican Republic is like, as you know, ha Haiti is right there. Yeah. And there's a lot of Haitians in my country, and and sometimes I'm having conversations with my family, and I'm like, listen, that's not how you speak, and that's not the things you say, and this. And, and, and just like me teaching them and that's how you target it. Like just teaching your family. Um, and, and even if they don't like it, I mean, then sometimes it's gonna be uncomfortable conversations, but you have to open like open their eyes. I, I do it with my mom every single day um, yeah. um, to this day. And it's just like, I think we're gonna fight that. Like just teaching each other, like and our kids and our children. I, when my kids at school, I, every single day, I, 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 I tell them and I ask them like, hey, like, what happened, what went on, and, and just because I, I'm really afraid of them catching anything, you know, because kids, you send them to school like we were kids. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and, you know, sometimes we, we, we take a lot of things home, and for me, I'm always trying to teach them, like, you know, um, what is racism and, and how we are continuously targeted as, like, like brown, black and brown community, Latinos, and, and what it is being part of this community and how you could be in school and voice out, like, you know, and, and what, are your, what are your rights regardless, because... You know, we are going to be targeted um, as being um, 
black and brown, um, regardless of how we look. Because sometimes my son, he's like, you know, he I'm like, you think you're white. Like, real, like you know, sometimes like relax. Like you're not white. We're like we're brown. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, for me, it's just like opening their eyes continuously because it's, it's hard. Like right now we are living in a in tough times, too. Um, and and I'm, it's, it's hard when you're a mom. Um, now I'm like in the other side of the uh, of the picture with my mom when I was like in high school and she was trying to teach me all these things. Um, and it's the same thing. I just teaching each other and teaching our families um, every day um, what is correct. Do you ever have a moment where you got to turn your activism off around your family? Oh, my God. Um, you know, my mom actually told me that the other day. I don't know what conversation we were having. She's like, you're always um, you're always organizing because <laughs> something in the news came up. And um, but yeah, I mean, it, right now I'm I'm really like in a tough time, like of turning it off. Why? Because I'm trying to fight everything. Like yeah. I'm like, um, she sees something in the news, and I'm like, no, that's not that's not what it is. Because I'm learning, and I'm learning so many other things that I didn't know before, and I want her to learn as well, even for herself, because my mom still works. Like she gets. She works for like this company that treats her really bad. And yeah. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this work for anything. We're going to let me who we got to talk to. Where are we going? Yeah, that's a really like, big thing in our community. Yeah. Like, I feel like especially if you're undocumented or like, you know, you don't speak the language very well. Like our people will stay in jobs that treat them like yeah. crap. And they my mom still they, works. Yeah. Like, she, so she's, my mom. Yeah. She's yeah. she's she has like a resident card. And she works at this job that she comes home and she's like, well, she was working like while she had papers like um in hotels, like she was just changing, like, you know, and she her knee is fucked up. Like she can't even walk. And I'm just like, why? She was what? Why, why do you have like 500 beds to fix by yourself? And and now she also works at this other place as, as like, you know, um. And, and it's just like she also gets treated horribly by her supervisor. And I'm just like, what? She gets delayed five, 15 minutes. It's like, you know, white people mentality mm. that you cannot be late. You cannot have a you cannot be alive. You, you can have a life. You have to be here at seven o'clock in the dot. Mm. So it's just like, um, um, like we're Latin, like we're going to be like we're humans. Like, come on. And, and then she gets Black treated horribly. And then for me, I'm like, no. So it's hard for me to turn it off because even when she's having a conversation, a mom conversation, like, you know, the girl, the supervisor on my job, she said this, and I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I, I'm about to show up with 100 people to your like, job. <laughs> don't let her talk to you like that's that. What, I, I, just, yeah. I just started, um, that's why I'm, I'm like in a good headspace to like to go around my family and shit, because I just turned it off, because I've been like, uh, I've been out here. Yeah, yeah, I'll be at the house, it's like shit on TV, and I'll be looking like, like nah, I, I gotta turn this or certain stuff, or like, you know what I mean? They be joking with me, like, who, who you talking to? Snapping this shit, and I just be like, oh man. So it used to be like, or or used to be always like, oh, he on that New York shit, he on that New York shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, yeah. So I mean, I'm learning to like, like to turn it off, but it's still like to a degree, you know what I mean? Like because everything yeah. used to have me, but like I said, I'm in a good headspace to where nothing really like yeah. bothers me, or I'm not like, you know what I mean, paranoid or yeah. thinking people. But um, I I do have a question about this. I think we Wait, all I think everybody's up. fight got to got to bring it to this, and I ask everybody that come here. I want to have a question. I have a question oh, go ahead, go ahead. to um, piggyback of what you were saying about um, turning it off. Me personally, I can't turn shit off. Nothing activism doesn't turn off. It's a lifestyle for me. 
you know, like, um, unfortunately, generational trauma is a thing, you know, so when it comes to learning, like, and preaching activism and stuff and having these uncomfortable conversations and just talking unapologetically, like, I have to live that because, like, um, my grandmother, my mother, they still work as well. They still, like, and they're not undocumented, but they're black, like, women and it's just hard to see people so complicit and like you talked about assimilating like so many black and brown people are so comfortable with assimilating or fitting in or falling in line and we've been conditioned to believe that so i feel like turning it off is just not an option anymore you know i try to incorporate activism into every single little piece of life again but those unapologetic conversations are so important no, the reason, like, with um, with this, with this podcast and everything, I I wanted to do this because, uh, like I said, I wanted to stop my mom from working. You know I me, mean? when I when I was going home, I wasn't I wasn't nice. You know what I'm saying? I had to turn it off. Um, um, you know what I mean? Fully on go mode, and she, her, or she's not fully open. Like, you know what I mean? Gets everything I'm doing. But she's still stuck in her ways, you know what I mean? So she is, she's stuck in her ways. It's, it's hard to like change stuff, but she gets it and she tones it down. But when she, you know, used to say certain stuff that I knew wasn't, you know what I mean? I would just automatically start snapping or when she would come with the wrong information, it was almost like in protest mode to where my mom was crying when I, you don't talk to me, like, where's, where's Trella, where's Trella? So yeah, I, like when I go to my family, I'm turning that shit off, you know what I mean? Got to, I got to. Um, as far as like, far as me, like yeah, I still, I still inform them on, on stuff how I do it. But like, as far as the activism, like me, like being like the angry man, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Because um, my activism is uh, 100% go You know what I mean? I'm, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's not, no, I don't have, like, a in-between or 50%, you know what I mean? That's why when I get out there with the cops, they be like, oh, this, and I'm like, all right, well, I can't be here. Because <laughs> I'm turning up on these niggas. But, um, it's, um, yeah, it's the time for, yeah, the, well, around my family, I do, I do turn it off, but I still, like, you know what I mean? I still teach them. I just don't yeah. get, yeah. jump into that mode of, oh, no, like, so that's think, how I was. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, it's important to not protest your own people, but to educate your people. Yeah, so yeah. We can progress and move forward. We're protesting the enemy. The enemy yeah. is hatred. You know, whatever type of yeah that's putting us down or separating us. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that because I found myself in that point too, where it's yeah, just like same. you have to turn that anger into being able to educate people, right? And, and that for me, it took me a minute. Um, within my own family and just like overall, like in the places that I that that you go to um you you can't just people won't learn if you're yelling at them you know yeah and and so yeah like you know what i'm saying and and, and i was at that point where my mom was like you know i can't say anything wrong or i can't like yeah that's my you mom know now. like i can't have or i'm sorry that i don't know but like teach me don't yell at me you know don't get so angry so yeah, i think that's yeah, what you mean yeah, that by turn it off yeah, i feel like yeah, yeah. Shit. We can't turn off activism at all because it's really what we do every day. It's how we move in every single space we're in. But also, like, yeah, just like, <laughs> yeah, no, but like also, yeah, just like teaching people as opposed to just being angry. And I think that that's something that you learn within yeah. like doing this for a minute. Yeah. 
I think that's a, a good point that that really mentioned, like just turning it off. I think um, that's one of the. I don't yell at her like at all, but I'm like so strong, like with my personality, like, Passionate. and I want to like make my point, like you, like, and and for me, it's just like, I it's hard for me to understand, like he said, like she has her her own experiences and her own ideal of like how things are, and I'm so, like, you know, I'm not gonna be able to change everything, um, but I'm like you said, educate her, and 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 for me, it's a little harder, like it comes harder, like when you say like, you know, this when it comes to trauma, like. You know, you're kind of guilty because of this. And then it's like, you got to learn now. Like, this is what you did wrong in the process with my mom. Like, like me uh, on, on being undocumented, for example, being a DACA recipient, the things that she didn't do because she didn't know better. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, for me, it's hard to like, um, it has been hard to like, for example, tell her like, oh, look, you see on the news that is because you didn't know better, right. you know? Yeah. And then it's just like, and then she's like, well, you, you know, I don't tell her that, but I'm like trying to educate her. And, you know, sometimes it's like those hard conversations, but she's like, I have to turn off the <laughs> protest mode. Um, and the it's just hard. Up. Yeah, yeah, definitely the hard. <laughs> yeah, the turn up, the turn up. But, um, all right, yeah. What I, what I ask everybody, how you feel about that stinking ass mayor? Um, I... Um, I met him. I, I sat in, in, in an office with him. You back. did what? Yeah. <laughs> I met him and I, I was that. invited by, back when DACA turned 10, he did this fake, um, this fake, um, this fake round table, um, mm. which he sat and just had his assistant take notes of everything was we that, said. Was that after, was that after he was mayor? He was, a, yeah, he was already, he was already a mayor. mayor. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I believe that was last year. Yeah, last okay. year when DACA 10, 10, um, 10 years, um, he sat at a round table and he listened to like our needs and our like, you know, what we think, like the resources that we need as DACA recipients and how he can help us major. Um, honestly, for me, and I, I, I mean, I'm not afraid to say it was like a very fake interaction. Mm -hmm. um, um, it was very cold. He had his assistant um take notes of everything we say and it was just like write that down there right and for me i was just like that's not like like that's not how you behave with like people that's that are really struggling and they're trying to not just bring their i like their struggles into the table like uh, everybody else's um nice. so for me i feel like he i i i will say that he is failing at what he does 100 percent um and as i learn and as i even yesterday, um, this rally that I, I went, um, you know, like he hasn't done anything to hold like cops accountable for anything. Um, just last month, he continued to pull money from from like, you know, schools. And, and I feel like libraries. like libraries and, 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 and instead of funding resources for our communities, um, we're just worse every day. I feel like nothing has gotten better while he's there. Um, even, um, resources at our school just last month, um, we were in, um, in the, in city hall for like trying to pass, um, no, no more suspensions, like in, at the schools that didn't pass. Um, it's been being fought for eight years. Um, and it's just like, why, um, why are we, why are you funding things that are, that are not benefiting our community, uh, yeah. our children? Like for me, I'm like really afraid. Cause you know, my son is in high school and he's growing and my daughter is going to high school next year. 
and and I have a little one and 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 and, and he's which is a seven year old and it's just like if we have such a failure of leaders, what is gonna happen? And you know, and then we have also elected officials that are you know that are there not holding him accountable because they're next to him, you know, and I feel like you know I appreciate a lot of support that we do get. But I feel like why are we seeing all of these things and not really having this tough conversations? Because you're working for the city, you know? Yeah. And I feel like um, I'm not really happy with the work that he's doing at all. I feel like um, we need um, a change. The cops love him. Um, Cops love cops me. They got robots. They got trackers um, now. They can stick to your cars. Yeah, they and, got and, all and types of stuff. Like, and and as, I'm, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, where's your money going? Like, because trains remain unsafe. Um, people still on the streets. Like, like, I feel like I see more people on the streets every day, like sleeping on their streets um, while he's being a major. Um, and, and even for me, it's just like, you're not doing anything. Only funding your people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your own people. Mm-hmm. Your blue people. And um, blue. your blue people, <laughs> your Smurfs, and and it's just just like you know hard to see like even with the asylum seekers, you know, you just fund the last month a bunch of millions for you know other things that we don't care about and doesn't yeah. benefit anyone other than continuing to just police and target our like you know our community every day. And for me, um, yeah, I'm ready for a change. Um, I can vote. But I hope that those that can um, open their eyes and see, because then we have a lot of also our people that support him in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary to see. Um, just last month, um, I think um, the organization that I work, they, they launched a campaign, an ad campaign on, on a bus that they were just showing up to every event that the major was um, saying how much he was failing and how much he was pulling funds from like, you know, school funds and libraries and i you know i hope our community continue to do that um and they just don't wait for organizations to fund these things like educate your people on what he's doing mm-hmm. on and where he's failing because mm-hmm. um at the end of the day the boat is what matters like mm-hmm. we have to bow and we have to bow him out mm-hmm. you know yeah we are we are but really Revolution matters, but <laughs> I wish we could just burn it all down and start all over again and destroy and rebuild. But um, yeah, that's that's what uh, like I said, it's a long fight, and yeah. you have to you have to put people in the position that you know what I mean until we can get to where we need to be at. But that's where the people we have to instill the power. We have to stop waiting for you know um them to put the two top dudes and we have to yeah. decide from that we have to go out here you know what i mean and find that and start pushing that person up right. so we can see instead of waiting for them to put the person in front of us you know what i mean yeah, it's, yeah. it's still like i said i still think that's like a, a job and it's not really that much they can do but we do know that that person is in there doing the best they can do for us and that's going to like say all right fuck that i'm gonna yeah. you know what i mean just go all the way out like if i was to do it i would i would sign um everything 
You know, I'll get fired. I'll probably get fired yeah, because yeah. I would I would Not try to get in there and do yeah, yeah, everything. You know what I mean? Knowing that I can't do it, yeah. you know what I mean? But I would try in there and get up in there and do it. Just like I'm normally get fired, but I'm about to do this shit anyway. I'm, I'm signing sign off on it. Else. Yeah, sign off on money, money it whatever you need. Down. Down. First Who order business. You getting a loan? Goddamn it! PPPs, all that shit. I will fund the revolution. Hundred percent. I to talk about voting real quick um when adams won there was kathy rojas i don't know how many of you guys know her but mm-hmm. i believe she's a communist she's from the communist party and she got a lot of votes but like mm-hmm. someone like that right it's still a job there's so much she will be able to do getting into this position um but at the same time like kathy has the right ideas right she wants to feed the people she wants to house the people she wants to help uh immigration and and, and all these things and so yeah i think like when it comes to voting i can't vote either but like really just like and it is on us unfortunately the organizers that are outside that get all this information to like next time with that when elections come around like i think we slacked a lot uh, with yeah. Adams, yeah, I think we all did. Um, oh, we slept big time. We yeah, I think we. Yeah, yeah. Here, we slept. Bro. I think we, we slept. We, we, we let slack. a cop mayor get in that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> but like also, we, I don't think we, we really ever like had uh, educational things to the communities, you know, to yeah. speak about like who is really running, right? Because they see a black man who was abused by the police and then became a cop to change the, and so and so everybody thinks like you know he's the change, yeah, and that's really kind of what happened. Yeah. and so yeah, like I think that's about what that. happens all the time with our community is just the the lack of um, just knowing who are elected, um, you know, those that are running who they are. And, and even like, for example, those around me that can vote, they don't, I, I ask them right now, like, who, who's going to run next year or who, yeah, like, talk what, to me that's about, what I'm saying. like, talk to me about, like, you know, and they won't know. And I feel like that's where, that's where the problem is. That's why this major got elected because it just looked nice. Right. In the picture, said, oh, black in the man. picture, yeah, he's yeah. gonna and do then, something but, for us. Yeah, but they didn't look at the background. Like, yeah, didn't know he's a cop. Me, me and Sean was doing the, um, interviews on the street, and one of the one of the dudes, um, I was like, "What do you like about the mayor?" And he was like, "He be partying." I'm just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. But what does he do for the community? Yeah. Like, what impact does he make? I heard that. I heard that a lot of times. Yeah. Like, oh, that I'm major, like, that major's for the people. He be partying. He be outside. Yeah, that's what He's I'm saying. Everywhere. That's 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 the pander to like you know what I mean the black people like you, you start you talk about sports you talk about boom you know what I mean he something happened with Kyrie he jump out there with Kyrie we should be letting Kyrie play and the black people get behind him and stuff like that it's, it's the it's the shucking and jiving it's the yeah. pandering and as when you ask people about you ask other black people about like what oh, I ain't really in the politics but he be partying. That political <laughs> education, the but, lack but, of political but, education, yeah. is a serious that, problem 100%. in our community. And and then just like social media plays a big role right now in yeah. everything because how they know that he be partying because they see it in social yeah. media. But that's when organizers take the like you know that's when like organizers I think have to come together and like show the other face of the partying and where he's lacking and you know our people's on the street and and how are like you know. And all of these other things where he's failing 100%, where, like, they're just, you know, yeah, he's partying, but this is how you're being affected in your community. So we can, like, take him out because that's, you know, he has a great comps team. You know, I do comps, and I'm going to say he has comps 
everywhere. He has a lot of people working for him just to make sure that um his image stays good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and that is like, you know, the, the nice, cute, um, regular human moments, you know, are shown there around everywhere, you know. And there's communications in media. At the end of the day, you know, people communicate, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be in different places. And um, so he can put, portray that narrative of, you know, I'm for the people. All right. Thank you for coming through. Yo, we appreciate you. So yo, nice if you, to have you here. If you have, Thank you so much. Um, what you're doing for the no, before we go, I want you to plug in and tell tell them tell the people where to find you at, tell them about your organization. Sure, yeah. Um and when you when you do have like, you know what I mean? Um you know, um, actions hit, hit, hit us up. Yes, <laughs> we pull up. We'll yeah, we're up. Yeah. Um, awesome. yeah, yeah. So um my name is Eva Santos Veloz. That's how I am in IG. But I think one of the best resources for our um, undocumented community, black and brown, and, and overall, not just DACA recipients, there's just like every single one of us. Um, great resources is, you know, um, United We Dream is a, is a great organization for, for the undocumented community. And just um, online, just um, following each other. I think follow me and you will see a lot of um, the resources that I post. I try to stay, like, you know, as much as I can active um, posting, like, you know, what is out there. I, I think one of the reasons why um, uh, drew me here was just, like, me not finding anything. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing a scholarship right now. I'm, I'm attending college. So I'm also trying to, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, yes. No, yeah. So, you know, trying to get involved more in, like, you know, in the school system and trying to do more for, like, the youth and the things that I, I was not able to do and get. So, yeah, stay tuned. And... I'll definitely invite you for um, any next rallies coming up because if that guy ends, we're out there. <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah. We're out there. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope y'all enjoy that. Make sure y'all check us out next week. Oh, before we dip and everything, um, I just want to say, yeah. Um, yeah, let's do some, let's do some call outs, y'all. Listen up. I, I think, yo, probably Monday, 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 Monday. Be on the lookout for that, yo. We reject Eric Adams. Be on the lookout for that Monday. That is dropped. Yeah. Um, wow. Never forget, never forget, never forget our sponsors. Never forget the people that feed the people for the people by the people. We the people. Never forget that. You know what I mean? Um, hit them up on Instagram and see how you can get involved with the community. Every fucking Thursday at Colton and Nostra in Brooklyn. Come on. Yeah, if you're not in this community, like, like, hit us up, man. See how you can learn how you can do it in your own. Talk about it. Talk about it. That's 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 first step. Boom. Um, and we do um. Yeah, I was gonna say onboarding meetings once a month for We the People. Oh yeah. Like so, if you'd like to join and tap in with the community, like check us out on Instagram and tap in, hit us up on how you could. Yeah. And like. The open call meeting already passed, but the next one is the first Monday of the month. So make sure y'all be in tune with that if you want to be in touch with We the People. Yeah. Uh, Open calls the first Monday of every month. Also, just show up. Like, come outside mm-hmm. and meet your community. Also, like Relly said, Stonewall was a riot every fucking Thursday right oh. after We the People's Mutual Aid. We um, come outside and just talk to the community like right in the face of um, the asshole abusers and um, mm-hmm. toxic NYPD officers that are out here walking these streets. We... Um, just educate the people and 
to spread awareness, you know, of the things that are going on with the black, brown community, the youth, and the LGBTQ. And this month, we have a special Oktoberfest in store for Stonewall was a riot. Our first one went amazingly. Um, it was inspired by the Black Panther Party. And we have three more themes in store for y'all. Um, the first theme, like I said, was the Black Panther Party. The second theme was... The second theme is Superheroes with Chairs. Check that out if you haven't seen or heard about the Montgomery Brawl. Do your fucking research. Or come outside on Thursday and get educated by your community. Liberate yourself. Wear a costume. Somebody had a chair last night. Yeah, somebody brought a chair last (laughs) night, like, early. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, it's all there. It's already there. Everybody came in all black. It was beautiful. Like, it just, I don't know, it just showed a lot of unity within our community. The liberation was there. The energy was there. Um, next week after the superhero chairs, we have Mask Riot, I believe. Yeah, Mask Riot. Come in your favorite spooky mask, you know, and show up. Like, turn a look. And the last one is Dress and Press. So show up as your favorite anything. I don't know. This I decided to do Oktoberfest. For Stonewall's a riot because this is a youth-led march, but I just wanted to really embody everybody's inner child. Like, I know a lot of generational trauma has been going on in our community, so I wanted to give everybody the chance to come out in costume and meet the community in a lot more, like, family-friendly, fun way, while still holding these assholes accountable and educating people on the real shit that's going on in New York. So, yeah, check us out, check us out, check us out. If you don't follow us, you should be. What? Talk. A project talks, I guess that's right. Yeah. Brett! <laughs>